Hello everyone. Good day to all. This is Mrs. B. Welcome to the first weekly episode of Making Every Lesson Count brought to you by EMB Training and Consultancy Services. How is everyone? It's July 1st and half of the year has passed. But we are still up and about by God's grace. But you know we were so hopeful at the beginning of this year. Everyone on all media platforms assured us that 2020 would be our best year yet. That in 2020, we would face prosperity and success. We welcomed the new year warmly and with high expectations. But boom! Our country was beset with natural disasters and we lost lives and property. And then the world was hit with an outbreak of global proportions. An author says that it's as if a torpedo struck while we were comfortably asleep. We in the learning and development industry were generally caught unaware and unprepared. Social distancing drove the last nail on the coffin of face-to-face workshops. There was such rude awakening and it forced us to confront the reality of the need for an immediate shift. Murmurs surfaced that it will never be the same again. COVID-19 has really created the conditions for a radical transformation of our schools and even in our schools. So what happens now? How can we keep our students learning remotely? What strategies and technology tools can teachers leverage to take their traditional classes online? How can we continue to upskill the teaching force? How can the young in the public school system and living in the rural areas at that cope with the national move to go online? And most importantly, how can we assess and evaluate the quality of learning that would take place after online teaching is conducted. There's a popular song from a popular group would say so many questions, but the answers are so few. Oh, but learning should not stop and does not have to stop just because kids are at home. Our episode, friends, is entitled How to Make Remote Learning Work. Yes, our episode is how to make remote learning work. It will be all remote learning. We are choosing that over blended learning because we all know that blended learning is a combination of face-to-face classroom interactions and online sessions. All remote learning requires much more planning more support for teachers, and regular adjustments to adapt to the needs of students, teachers, and even families. The rapid switch to distance learning for how many millions of school children in the country would not measure up to the experience of five days a week of teaching and learning in classrooms, despite the hard work of educators. 
there would be a need for opportunities to collaborate and learn from each other. There might be a tendency, you know, to teach the usual content. We just stick to reviewing the standards that we have already covered. Even schools and educators might amount to just posting lessons online and leaving it up to the students and the parents to figure the lessons out. Like learning modules we hear that are going to be available on television, that will be read over radio broadcasts or distributed, modules that are going to be distributed to the villages or barangays in the provinces. But of course, I would think that for private schools with enough funding and resources, could go for everything high-tech, even to the extent of AI utilization. But what are the pros and cons of this all-remote learning? You see, the pros is very, very obvious. This is the lowest-risk scenario. The students and staff are kept safe from the virus, and there is no interruption in instruction. Many of our schools encourage everyone, their staff, to create remote learning plans that they can seamlessly transition to because it is necessary. And actually, we could also consider that uh, it doesn't really matter where teachers live. The schools can hire teachers from across the country to teach virtual classes. The flexibility it gives helps the schools that perennially struggle to find teachers for hard-to-staff areas like science, math, special education, and even foreign languages. But our cons are the following, but one word could possibly sum it up, which is equity. There's worry with evidence to back it up, like we see on special coverages on our television, that special education students, as well as low-income, homeless, and foster students who may need more support could fall further behind. Despite broad efforts to provide devices and Wi-Fi access to students with free tablets to boot from different personalities, Students in many communities still don't have computers or the internet at home. Others live in environments that are not even conducive to learning. We could consider also teacher and student burnout, which may be real concerns. Huh? There are um, staffing challenges, including figuring out how to evaluate and support teachers virtually and finding childcare solutions for teachers who are juggling teaching and parenting. Added to the cons are situations where students are supposed to be in classes that require lab work and hands-on experiences, they would miss out on valuable opportunities. Collaborating with their fellow students and socializing in real life would suffer. Keeping students physically and emotionally engaged is much more difficult. 
We also have some athletic programs, extracurricular activities like drama and music and physical education classes, which are important for students' emotional and mental well-being, will be very limited, if none at all. So all remote would require a sturdy, up-to-date technology infrastructure to support the daily virtual learning and it would be an expensive investment with ongoing costs to maintain. Add to that would be employees who are not essential to remote schooling, such as bus drivers, cafeteria workers, uh, canteen concessionaires. They may be furloughed. The schools will still have to spend money to keep up buildings that few people are using. So, we all have these as cons and pros. But why will we still choose the all remote option? You know, the best argument for this schedule is health and safety. Because it is the only scenario that eliminates the risk of exposure or transmission of the coronavirus in school buildings. Students learning remotely will juggle, it is reality, they will juggle many different assignments and responsibilities. They will also be negotiating shared spaces, sorry, shared spaces with family members and dealing with the emotional and mental impacts of being socially isolated. So as educators, we must take these factors into consideration as we design learning experiences and we be sure to give students plenty of time to complete the work that we are going to assign them. How would we make this all remote learning work? Planning, planning and more planning. This time around, Schools do have the time to thoughtfully craft daily schedules for all subjects, huh? Daily schedules for all subjects. Or maybe you would just have to be choosing the major subjects that you are going to offer virtually. Have time also to develop or adapt curriculum to work in a virtual environment and devise robust coaching and support for teachers. See, this is beyond what we have been preparing yearly, which is our updating our syllabi, preparing our curriculum, looking for materials and resources to be able to augment and or complement the lessons that we're going to teach. But that was face-to-face. So these are the things that we could do to make all remote learning work. It is all remote learning nothing that uh, goes with it, except everything virtual. One is to use your curriculum teams to develop lessons that are aligned to standards and have built-in assessments. You see, most schools, if not all, have subject area groups, right? And these subject area groups before the beginning of any academic year would always gather together and improve on the curriculum. Alice Bawas, Dagdag Bawas, which will we remove, which will we add to be able to align to, let's say, standardized test results or 
align with what is required by the type of curriculum we're offering. We have to revise grading policies so that the student's academic progress can be recorded in the virtual classroom. It may be necessary for us to upgrade digital curriculum and resources. But if budgets are extremely tight or declining, we need to look for high-quality open-source materials. And it would be a great option to do that. The second would be to develop clear goals for teaching and learning for the remote environment. Yes, we already have our objectives, our general specific objectives, our goals, our um, big ideas, yes, but we have to develop clearer goals. We need to reassess them to find out how will be it be adopted to the remote environment. We need to organize courses so the students can easily work through them. We offer a mix of content that allows for deep dives and problem solving. We can even have uh, a combination of two or three subjects that may be related to one another. We also, thirdly, need to provide daily synchronous learning opportunities such as live video calls and chat rooms where students are interacting in real time with their teachers and their classmates. But also build time into the daily schedules to allow students to work at their own pace. Scheduling is another factor that we need to consider. How many minutes? How long? What will be uh, the schedule for a break? a longer break, a shorter break, dismissal, start of class, and so on. We need also to designate coaches in each school to lead virtual office hours so that this can help teachers and students with technical glitches. This, mis um, this may require hiring more IT staff to not only troubleshoot technical problems, but to make sure that the school's own technology infrastructure can support a fully remote learning environment. Another thing to do is to plan robust supports and accommodations for students who struggle in a remote learning setup. This could be provided most specially for our public school system because not all are really used to this. Yes, maybe they have their tablets, they have their phones where they can play games or watch Korean dramas, but this is different. This is a learning environment. So we need to provide small group sessions for teachers and those kinds of students. We need to look into whether some special education classes and therapeutic services can continue even in person, but adhering to health and safety protocols. We also can appoint teachers and other support staff who will regularly check in with students to ensure they are keeping up with the lessons and completing their work. See, it could not just be the sole responsibility of the virtual teacher or the teacher uh, simply. We need to assign virtual tutors to work with students who are struggling and set up one-on-one -on -one sessions 
to provide academic, emotional, and mental health support to students. So it's not just technical. It's not just the laptop and me, student. It's not just my tablet and me, and teacher. We can facilitate regular opportunities for parent and teacher engagement, including scheduled virtual conferences and as-needed feedback. So if your school or a school would uh, used to have, uh, let's say, um, quarterly or regular parent-teacher conferences face-to-face, -face, then this time we will need to device and come up with a system so that there will still be regular feedback, regular engagement between parent and teacher. For onboarding new teachers, we have some who are, I saw on Job Street that there are many schools that uh, are hiring teachers nowadays. When you onboard new teachers, I think it would be possible to hold in-person small group orientations that comply with social distancing rules. It would not be that many, but I do not know But in public school system that there would be not only uh, two or three, but a group of teachers who would be on board. If that's not possible, then we can replicate the small group onboarding and support sessions for new staff members online. We need to establish regular channels of input and feedback from teachers, other staff, parents, and students, and of course, be nimble enough to adjust on the fly when things aren't working. See, this is a virtual environment. We could not see the student face-to-face. -face. We could not see the facial expression. We could not uh, put meaning into any expression that they would show online. It would be difficult for us to handle, let's say, 25 to 45 to 60 uh, class size and receive all of their input, receive all of their feedback, and respond to it. So there is a need to provide uh, a system for regular channels of input. Now, summer professional development sessions should now focus on building virtual teaching skills, leading synchronous learning, and finding or developing high-quality digital curricula. I mentioned synchronous and asynchronous just to be able to differentiate the two. When we speak of synchronous learning, we're working at the same time. Uh, for instance, we have telephone, text messaging, webcams, video conferencing, and we are we can get the feedback or the response immediately. So I tell you hello and you say hello, hi back. Or I give you a text message and you respond to it immediately. Or webcam, I see you in the virtual classrooms, we use Zoom or any other kind of platform then we get the feedback immediately. Asynchronous is working at different times. Examples would be email, voicemail, if the projects are web-based, also through intranet, right? So uh, these types of learning have to be studied very well. We need to work on it as best we can, develop new programs that are necessary to 
improve learning but this time it is through digital means okay so uh, those are the some of the suggestions that i could share to be able to do an all remote learning right so uh, thank you for listening, but I just want to let you know that my podcasts will be made available in a video format on EMB Training and Consultancy Services Facebook page and the website www.achievenly.com. You can click messages if you are playing my podcast. You can click messages for your feedback and or your questions, or if you wish to email me at emb at achieveandlead.com. It's a pleasure really uh, podcasting for all of you. Have a fruitful and wonderful week. Go online, go digital, and we are going to make all remote learning work. <music>